Okay, everybody, it's Thursday. Yes, the day after Wednesday. And of course, <laughs> it's Thursday. So we should have our Wednesday crypto roundtable. We had to publish it today, folks. Uh, there's no easy way we to got put the it. Unicorn series. It's a thing. The unicorn series. It's a little we have a little air traffic uh, issue going on here on the show. But Vinny Lingham and Sunny Madra Sandeep are back to break down all the biggest news in crypto. And actually, the biggest developments in compute power, we mm. talk about super powerful graphics cards, uh, Vinny's new GPU, and how all that compute power is going to change art, gaming, even NFT creation, just like uh, just AI, some fun, geeky stuff, VR, AI. all of that. These new mm -hmm. cards are uh, breaking down. And then, of course, we get into the big news, Molly, that Bloomberg is reporting the SEC is probing the board ape maker Yuga Labs over, uh, we think, our NFTs and the ApeCoin securities. It is a vibrant, detailed debate on what should happen in terms of crypto regulation from this point forward. I love this segment. It just is so fun. And then we talk briefly about Google making Coinbase its main crypto payments processor. It is yet another great show. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens with cloud computing plus crypto plus startups and uh, the payment rails there could be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Like Molly said, this is going to be a great show. So I need you to stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Dell for Startups provides key solutions for all your startup needs. A dedicated tech advisor will get to know your business goals and deliver customized solutions for rapid tech enablement with top business class PCs and accessories. Apply for Dell for Startups and get 10% off select products during Dell's semi-annual sale at dell.com slash twist. Vanta, compliance and security shouldn't be a deal breaker for startups to win new business. Vanta makes it easy for companies to get a SOC 2 report fast. Twist listeners can get $1,000 off for a limited time at vanta.com slash twist. And... The Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub helps all founders build a better startup at a lower cost from day one. Open to anyone with an idea, you'll get up to $150,000 in Azure credits, technical advisory, access to mentors and experts, free dev tools, and so much more. There is no funding requirement and it only takes minutes to join. Sign up today at aka.ms slash thisweekinstartups. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for our crypto roundtable. We do this twice a month with two Molly of uh, two besties who are just deep in the crypto uh, game and have been in the crypto game for a long time. We got a full docket today of exciting uh, and uh, well, let's face it, a little bit of scary news um, with us again, Sandeep Madra. How are you, sir? Awesome. Thank you. Good to be back. And Vinny Lingham. Thanks, guys. Great to be back again. Wow, you guys are coming in hot yeah, today. Yeah, you guys are fired up. <laughs> wow. fired look, up. At that, look at the energy. Does somebody need uh, a liquid IV? Like, what's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> no, I, I guess I've been up since 5.30 this morning, so I'm a little tired. Cause I had a late, Wait, late. why are you up so early? Did you hit in that tonal or did no, you dust I, I it? Have you new... logged into that tonal behind you? Have you, uh, have you gone not, through the Not today, not today. <laughs> but the reason I woke up early, <laughs> well, like a lot of people on this chat probably, hopefully, trying to buy the new NVIDIA um, RTX 4090 card that came on sale at 6 a.m. And I managed to get one. Why so I'm really happy about that. would you wake Is up that like early for that card? Is this like what all the cool miners are doing? So I could buy secondary. Here's the problem with buying secondary is, first of all, like it just supports the, the bots that go and you know, attack these sites and buy everything in five seconds. Secondly, you have to wait about a week or two more because when you go through the secondary right, yeah, exchanges... Yeah, but, but, uh, 
what, what is it? Why why would you wake up at 5 a.m. for a graphic card? The graphic because cards out there are so absurdly powerful. What is this one going to do for you? This time is like this one's like four times more powerful than the previous uh, generation. It's unbelievable, actually. Oh. You, you you know so at 4K on uh, Cyberpunk, uh, they had 22 frames per second. Everything maxed out on the previous card. This one does something closer to like 80 or 90 frames per second, which is insane. So. Anyway, I, I'm a gamer. I play some Fortnite, and I wanted to get one of these cards as soon as possible. Fortnite. That's definitely what you need that for. Sunny plays Fortnite too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have no beef with Fortnite. It just seems like maybe you don't need quite that much power for. Well, you do if you want to run it at 4K. Because like I play, I uh, play my Fortnite at 4K, fair. and I, I really enjoy the the graphics. So. Are you doing Overwatch too? Yeah, I, I stick to Fortnite. Like when, once you get into the Fortnite universe, you get the mechanics going. It's just it's hard to switch. I'm I'm too old to switch between b- between mechanics and different games, so I stick with what I know these days. Yeah, that's why I'm still on Halo. Thanks, Jaco. I see you in there. I see you. How much does that card cost? I paid eighteen hundred bucks for it. I mean, okay. they range between eighteen hundred for a graphics <laughs> card. <laughs> yeah, between six, between fifteen hundred and two thousand, depending which version you get. Um, I got the one for eighteen hundred because of the size that fits in my my my, my machine, and um, it's pretty powerful. Wow. It's amazing, and yeah. So eighteen hundred Molly for a card, which is more than the cost of like a the M two laptop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Peter, I, I mean, Peter just said the card is bigger than an Xbox Series S. <laughs> so it I, is. Wow. Yeah, I didn't get the founders edition. I got the uh, ASUS. Um, the overclock edition, so it's a little bit faster overclocked. It's got 24 gigs of RAM. It's insane. I'm not judging. I, I know many. There are many nerds I'm in my geek, life. I'm a geek because I build my own computers, so that's why yeah, I like no, this I'm, stuff. This I, is fun. Honestly, I'm, the only reason that my brother was not doing that is because he works for like a school district. Otherwise, he would have been up there with you buying the same stuff. Like, it's a whole... I got these nerds in my life. And Homestead Creative, I see you. I also love Halo. Yeah. I'm like still <laughs> stuck on Halo. But like, I'm, I'm like, also... I'm also going to connect this to the, the render network. So I'd love to talk about AI art today as well. AI art's taking off in a big way and render's doing cool stuff. And the ability to... So if you think about how many of these cards uh, NVIDIA is shipping worldwide, like millions of these cards over the next you know, year or two, these cards are going to be used for, for things like Dolly, Midjourney, et cetera, to power these cards in a distributed network. And ah, I think so this RTX is So RTX 4090 yeah. is the name of the card. This thing looks like a boom box on the website i've pulled it's the website huge up. it's huge it, no wait how does that fit into a normal computer it, it plugs it into one of the slots it actually uses up four slots <laughs> what it's yeah, a, it, yeah. has go, it has to go <laughs> into get, an, get with the times jcal yeah yeah it has to go into an atx case you have to have at least a thousand uh, a thousand watts of power wow. in your psu probably 1200 is probably better I, I mean i may have to upgrade my my thousand watt to a, a 1200 we'll see how it can handle it but it's insane wow. but this is where this is state-of-the-art guys like it's like 16,000 CUDA cores in this thing for where the world's going with nfts and ai art this mm. this is the device that's going to power it is this is there still competition i know that nvidia had didn't they change their graphics card strategy because they were like so many of them are getting scooped up by miners well they actually waited so, uh, actually if you go on the bottom there Jay, you'll see 22 so th- th- this is the test, and I'll answer you now in a second, Molly. Keep going down. Keep going down. Uh, yeah, yeah, 22 frames per second. And, I mean, look at the quality difference. And for, so you have DLSS off at 20 frames per second, DLSS 3 and RT ray tracing on at 100. I mean, look at the difference. It's insane. And that's just one generation shift 
from the mm. previous generation to this one. So in other words, when I'm looking at a video game, it's it's going to just keep crossing that uncanny valley. Yeah. It's going to keep looking like, you know what I find interesting, Molly, is like a lot of the games when I play them now, the games look like the cut sequences from 20 years ago when I played the games. Yeah. So you remember they used to make, you know, these cutscenes that they would spend like, you know, whatever, you know, two months making a 30 second cutscene between levels. And then you go back dropping down to like, whatever, EVGA or something. I mean, it's it is not kind even, of extraordinary. It's not even going to be about games. I'm just dropping something in our chat here. But mm. this is a combination of uh, VR and um, mm. one of like AI generated art. So this is a real-time room, Nick, if, if you can pull that up. Um, sorry, I'm just switching windows So the here. idea here is... So um, take a look at this. This is a real-time room. Nick, I don't know if you're able to pull that tweet up. No, I, I get it. So before it comes up, to describe yep. it... Oh, here we go. So make that like five times bigger. Or just make it full mm -hmm. screen if you can. So the idea here is <clears throat> with these type of cards, you could speak like you can speak to Dolly or that Facebook uh, text to a room. Yeah, you say, I diffusion. would like a room. Yep. Yeah, that mm -hmm. looks like the Amman Hotel in Tokyo, yes. uh, and it would go figure that out. Yeah, that's yep. pretty trippy. I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Molly and I, when we saw that Facebook. It was pretty obvious what they're doing. Yeah. So this is pretty incredible, right? This is being generated real time, and so you don't get kind of mm. cheap backgrounds or anything like that. You get an immersive environment. Mm -hmm. Wow. If you're not no. watching this live or watching, you know, basically sketches render into a complete 3D room. You know, what's going to be awesome is uh, with Neuralink, uh, when that eventually gets online, you would be able to, Sonny, uh, Vinny, uh, plug Neuralink into your brain. Then whatever you're thinking could then manifest itself in a, um, a virtual world that you're inhabiting. And uh, they call this new feature Burning Man. It's the new feature. <laughs> uh, but I'm but you. Bob. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty crazy. This feels like um, yet another tipping point in terms of just well, remember, this is all This is all like converging on AI. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the graphics. I mean, these GPUs power, you know, AI. Yeah, the AI itself. Yeah, yeah. Like this yeah. is, yeah, this is all part of this big ongoing tech trend about how GPUs, the new CPU, because it can do this. It can like think it, it's not linear; it's simultaneous. Correct. Parallel. Yeah. I mean, you could say you could, you're saying the characters in some of these video games, if their AI, if their behavior is driven by machine learning and AI, those tasks would be dropped to this card, possibly. Exactly. Well, and beyond and video then, games, it, right? Just like generating games, yes. thinking sure. and scenarios and processing multi, you know, multiple processes in parallel, so you can just get to conclusions faster. Sonny, are so we? I guess hitting... we're never getting quantum computing. We're just going to get faster and faster GPUs. Yeah, I think that's that's probably right for the next decade or so. But uh, Vinny, is uh, this going to? I'm sorry, Sunny. Are you getting the sense that AI, Molly and I were talking about this the other week after Tesla's AI day, are you getting the sense that AI is starting to compound and the actual results of, you know, the previous, you know, verticals that have been mastered, whether it's poker or Go or, you know, Dolly or GPT-3, whatever it is, do you feel like those things are uh, increasing velocity, perhaps hitting, you know, what we call in the industry a tipping point where they're just going to be flowing at a much higher rate? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's some laws that, you know, people should put out, but 
for, for the longest time, we had Moore's Law with, you know, general purpose CPUs, right? You guys are all familiar with it. Uh, every 18 months, the, you know, we'd have twice as much computing power. And I think with um, the chips behind this, because, you know, Tesla has their own chips, Google has their own chips, and you have general purpose GPUs from like NVIDIA. I think we're really seeing all of that same law happen, but the compounding rate is even faster, I believe. Mm. And with this, it's not just related to compute, but it's memory, it's cloud, and it's all of that coming together. Because, uh, you know, when you use any of those services, and you know, they talked about this at the Tesla day, much of the power is not just what the core software of the AI, but it's also the infrastructure that they've built, right? What what do they call their um, AI, big AI machine? Jake Hell, they have a name oh, for it, right? I at Tesla. I, I'm slipping me now, but um, yeah, yeah, a big part here. of this is getting the data from the cloud, from storage into yes. memory so that you can yes. run these processes. So they have like a large number of uh, Ethernet people going, you know, uh, from computer to computer. So when they drop a simulation, they're like, hey, this turn on Market Street is absurdly hard. Let's just run a gazillion simulations based on everybody who's driven through it as a human. Uh, dojo, right? Domo mm-hmm. or dojo? The dojo. Dojo, yeah. dojo but dojo, somebody yeah. domo also. Yeah, it's We're dojo, going dojo. Yeah. Dojo. It's pretty incredible. So they're building their own sort of racks to do very, it's really interesting to see hardware being built specifically for certain tasks. Yeah. And that's what's really kind of, that's what's exploding this, right? Because, you know, with Moore's Law, you just had like the CPU getting faster. Now you have this combination of cloud, infrastructure, network speed, and the CPUs. And so we should, we should name it. We should call it something. And then kind of everyone well, and will talk about it. Molly, you brought up the, the data. Law. I love it. The data. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start referring to data as data. Oh, fancy. Are <laughs> you only, but gonna, only when I'm angry. Are you going to refer to it in the plural too? And that's data's right there. No, I mean, <laughs> don't make me pull over and come back there for your data. Did you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you guys don't stop screwing around with all of dad's with the, data, all I'm, data. Pulling, I'm turning this car around. Listen, big news right now. Dell has a semi-annual sale going on and select devices will get a free upgrade to Windows 11 Pro, which is really amazing. Very tight software. I just updated to it. And that's not the only amazing offering from Dell. If you're a founder or if you work at a startup, you need to apply for Dell for startups. Here's why. You're going to get free access to a team of expert IT advisors. These experts will provide you with customized solutions to make your tech stack world class. Dell will help you access capital as well for building out your tech stack. And you'll get exclusive discounts for Dell's amazing hardware. And you know we love Dell at launch. In fact, every new employee at both of my companies gets a beautiful 39-inch ultra-sharp curve monitor, my favorite they're amazing, you know, just nice little touches where you can plug in a USB-C to the side, you can have multiple inputs into it, you can do picture in a picture, all these great things are possible with those gorgeous uh, ultra sharp curve monitors, especially the ability to have three, four windows open across so you can multitask. So Dell's the best, you know that they're awesome at what they do apply for Dell for startups today and get up to 10% off on powerful tech via Dell's semi-annual sale. Just head to dell.com slash twist. That's dell.com slash T-W-I-S-T. Did you guys see the AI podcast of Joe Rogan interviewing Steve Jobs? Uh, This week that that came out? No, Okay, so some maniacs. I I don't know if this was completely hacked. Just to put the setup here very briefly, it's like a 20-minute clip. Joe Rogan interviewing Steve Jobs. Let's just listen to a clip. And then I want to get everybody's reaction around the horn. I miss this. It's always fun. How's it going? Come on. Tell me about jobs. (laughs) 
It's always good to see you, buddy. I'm so happy you came on, man. Yeah, it's great to be on the show. Your audience is just so different from your normal Apple users, and that's a good thing. It's cool. Well, you know, I was an Apple user way before I did this show. I've been a fan of yours and Macintosh since the 1980s. All right, Vinny, what do you think? Did it, how close to the Uncanny Valley? Compare that to the metaverse stuff that we saw this so, week. But so, <laughs> so just to say, I'm kidding. There, there was AI generated? Yes. That's what yeah, they're claiming. Joe Rogan did not interview Steve Jobs that we I mean, it's, it, it, sounds, it sounds like they were kind of clipping pieces of what he said. You know, when they make yes. those fake Obama speeches and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Yes. It, sounded, it didn't sound like real. That was my exact first reaction. So uh, there's okay. a technique. Howard Stern would do this on a show. That somebody would publish their bio and read it. Um, so, you know, Hillary Clinton's bio would come out or whoever. Obama's bio would come out. And they would take every single word. And then they, if you typed out a sentence, it would just pull those words together. Um, and uh, so, right. yes, Rachel's- I thought that too. Like, maybe this isn't yeah. AI, Molly. Maybe this so- is like a put on. So this this is this is where some of the, the legal like stuff is going to come into play. Like Jennifer just commented that this is morbid and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I actually I actually agree with that. I, I think that there's that, that they, you know especially for like famous public figures. I mean their voices, the rights to their voices belong to the estate. You'll see what James Earl Jones did with Darth Vader. Now is he licensed his voice to mm-hmm. Disney so they can use AI to reproduce his voice legally. For yeah. all the movies they're going to do with Darth Vader in it, and it's going to sound like James Earl Jones, and his estate's going to get some percentage of royalties. And I think that yeah. is totally fine. I, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think if you take someone like Steve Jobs, where you haven't taken it with permission, now I get it, it's a bit of parody here and there, and that's like, you know, whatever, all fun and games. But at some point, there is a copyright, right? Like, I think your voice, there is like a voice right, maybe. I'm not so it sure. I we think are going to get to this on. point, though. I mean, this is like a larger topic about identity, yeah. ownership of identity, but we are 100% going to get to the point where that is a huge conversation. Because between like biotech, deep fakes, the ability to manipulate your voice with AI, like, yes, there is going to be a question about who owns yeah. your own identity. So wait a second. Th- this might be litigated in the Supreme Court at some point. Like, it, it may go that high. Yeah, you know, as someone's coming from the identity I don't, you know, world I'm, as well. <laughs> I got, I got yeah. to say, Ma, Molly, it's I think the, thing. it's the cat's out of the bag on this one because I just saw on my Twitter feed trending, Tucker Carlson has Hitler on tonight. So that's coming at 7 oh p.m. God, Jason. Tucker <laughs> is interviewing Hitler. You? <laughs> but it's in AI. Flag. Do not worry. The double. <laughs> I'm giving you the, the double. double. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Get off my track. God. I mean, this Get is what's going to happen. It's the truth. Some kind of- you know, Tucker's like, anyway. It's a double header, Mussolini and Hitler. Ooh, it's it's a round table. It's okay. A round table. Okay. okay. Pull it back. Pull it back. Sorry. Our stream just got this kicked off YouTube again. The, I was kind yeah. of just thinking, Molly, of like, what's the interview <laughs> that we're going to be forced to hear that none of us wants to hear? Now we follow the thought process here. What did you think, Sonny? Did you buy that this was uh, AI driven? Did you at a minute just get tingly feelings that it was like almost there? With Steve Jobs being on Joe Rogan? Yeah, like, you know, my general thing when I see these things now is mm. um, th- the core of it is AI driven, and then there's like an editing layer on top, right? And I think you see a lot of that even with um, these AI generators. The really great, great stuff that makes you question, someone's taken it and then put it through Photoshop or something like that. So uh. my guess would be like there was something that came out of a tool, and I don't know anything about it as the first time I saw it, but. It's something that came out of a tool and then they've done some, some tweaking to it to make it like, 
imagine like, you know, like we do with the podcast, we, there's something recorded and then, you know, mm. the, your team goes in and edits it. I feel like that's what's happened. I don't think it's like just straight out of the tool untouched. I felt like this could be faked, Molly. I agree. I thought what they might have done is taken some keynotes. You notice how echoey it sounds like he's in a hall. So yeah. they, the corpus yeah. here may have been taken from the Steve Jobs keynotes. Remember back in the day, they didn't have the same audio fidelity. You know, there wasn't production value at a lot of those early keynotes. It was just him on stage with a lavalier. Um, so it sounded echoey. Joe Rogan, uh, I guess a Joe Rogan impersonation is pretty easy, but what they could have done is taken like audio books or whatever, and then said, have Joe Rogan ask this question, and then make an amalgamation of this answer from the Walter Isaacson bio, right? So they could have mm -hmm. put the Walter Isaacson bio in there. So this really has to do with what data set you're putting in here, I guess. Well, so are we asking the question? And it sounds like we don't know the answer. They did not generate the voices, right? So we're the question we're having, it sounds like is did they grab existing audio and just sort of use a machine no, no, to no, place they, it together quite cleverly it. and create a conversation? Yeah, or did they, they literally? No, no, the, the this was done like by how much a company editing is done on HT. sound files. They're saying that they did generate the voices. Okay, got it, yeah. got it, got it. This so company play dot ht mm -hmm. is we should have them on I've, and see if that's true. They do text to speech. Um, and I don't know, you, you know, some of these programs I use Molly that I'll send you links in sometimes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, how like the premium versions have a little bit more refined, the better voices. Yeah, mm -hmm. like to have Gwyneth Paltrow does a voice on one of these. So sometimes I'll have Gpo, you know, when I haven't seen her in a while. Um, Your new favesies. Yeah, <laughs> she's obsessed with you. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll just send is like I'll ways, I used to send her a this? Wall Street Journal story and say, Hey, yeah. Gpo, can you read this yeah. for me? Send me the MP3. Now I just use. But the flip side is, you know, Waze has this, right? You can have um, a oh, lot yeah, of, Cookie Monster. Know, but, but, you know, those I don't think are done with AI yet. And, you know, no. Google's really great at this. So I, my guess is like, there's a core thing that came out of a tool, but then there's some editing done on top. And even the greatest uh, AI stuff out of these tools still gets mm. edited on top, right? So I think when does the that polish, would be my guess. When does the polish kind of get added? Six months or six years? Where we don't have to do that polish step that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. About. Probably like 18 to 36 months. I think oh, we don't have short. to do the. Huh. Yeah. Because it's huh. it's kind of, it goes back, it's growing exponentially. Because as it sees more of, because you can also train it on that. Hey, this is what came out and this is how people did the polish. So the AI will just get better at completing hmm. that polish. You know what genre is going to be? That's the, it for us, Jason. Like our salad yeah. days are almost over Great. here. Uh, Robo host. Perfect. I want to ski the mornings too. Um, <laughs> hi, Molly. What's on the docket for today? Red flag, J. Cal. Yeah. You remember, uh, J. Cal, remember Max Hedrum? Uh, Max Hedrum? Yes, <laughs> I remember him. Yeah. He's, he was awesome. You know where this is going? I think there's going to be an entire genre now. Uh, you know about the fan fiction where people would write like their own Star Wars or it started with Star Trek and Star Trek mm -hmm. tried to stop it and then Star Wars embraced it. Then people started making short films. Um, and Star Wars said, yeah, you can make short films. Here's actually a kit to use the sounds from a lightsaber. Here's how to make a lightsaber in After Effects or whatever program it was. I think the way this is going, somebody who's a talented screenplay writer could write a screenplay and then have it go to like storyboards and then eventually to like a fully finished version of the film. So you know, the Mandalorian could have been written by a group of fans. Yeah. And just published. Yeah. Wattpad does like some form of this now, right? They do? Wattpad does that? Huh? Yeah, I think, I mean, not to that extent, but like they kind of have a... a well, they have know, fan fiction. Wattpad yeah. is for fiction. Yeah. But they've done some relationships with studios now, I believe. Ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it turns out Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey 
I met the uh, f- the author of that at a party in LA, and my friend introduced me to her, and I asked her what her what the inspiration was, and she said, actually, you know, it's a famous story. I'm surprised you don't know it. Like, she was writing Twilight fan fiction, and it was uh, Twilight Erotica that became Fifty Shades of Grey. She changed names back to her own characters. All right, mm-hmm. there's a lot in the docket. I like this little AI turn. Thanks. Thanks for buying your card, Vinny. Did you install it yet? Oh, wait, you didn't get it yet. Oh, uh, yeah, I ordered this morning. I Are you going to have an install party? Are you going to have like an install party where I'm going to come <laughs> over and watch you install I'll it? Just, I'll just do it myself. Can you do an I, unboxing I, video for our show? I, I, <laughs> sure. That would be great if instead of doing like a reveal party for like a boy or a girl, like Vinny did a show where he just like plopped it in and then so we see how many I mean, frames he gets. unboxing is a genre. I'm just saying. Created by engagement. I, I mean... No. How much joy will you get when you fire up a Fortnite for the first time and put it in 4K? It's not gonna make any difference. It won't make any difference to Fortnite. <laughs> well, no, no, uh, well, no, no. Actually, actually, Sunny, I challenge you on this. Are, are you running DLSS? Oh, dude, I play it off like a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> oh, oh, you playing? Okay, no, I play on a PC. No, no, it makes it. It actually makes a big deal because I can't run ray tracing on on uh, on Fortnite right now because the graphics card's too slow. So the, mm. so the ray tracing is a cool feature in Fortnite, but you can't do it because you you can't get the frames per second you need. Nick, uh, by the way, uh, Vinny, you should know Nick is accusing you of using aimbot. That that's why you need all that compute. I'm, <laughs> yeah. just, I'm just I'm just the messenger. <laughs> wait, oh, you got this card? Uh, wait, he, you bought two of these cards? One's for your aimbot and one's to run the game? No, oh, no, no, dude, no, no, no. I just, I just, I just right. have one. I just, Nick, I'll one v one you in Fortnite. Let's see who wins. Mm-hmm. We should we should live stream that. Okay, I can't yes, wait to watch should, like some twelve-year-old be like, "Take that VB word." <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty decent, JKL. I'm pretty decent. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I can really do. I think we need a stream. Okay, founders, if you're a SaaS or services company that stores customer data in the cloud, and eh, you need to be SOC two compliant from a third party. If you want to close big deals and you don't want to close big deals, you want those lighthouse customers. Well, our friends at Vanta make it incredibly easy for you to get and renew your SOC 2. On average, Vanta customers are SOC 2 compliant in just two to four weeks. Compare that to three to five months without Vanta. And they partner with over two dozen audit firms who have been trained to file SOC 2 reports directly within Vanta. It's a total no-brainer. A bunch of our portfolio founders have used and love Vanta. They've all had an amazing experience. And if you don't have that SOC 2 compliance, well, you're just not going to get those major customers. And let's face it, those customers are the ones that are the most profitable and the lighthouse customers that draw people to your product or service. And here's the best part. Vanta's going to give you $1,000 off. That's right. Vanta, big fans of This Week in Startups. And you can get $1,000 off your Vanta stock to compliance at vanta.com slash twist. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash twist for $1,000 off your SOC 2. And it's such a great company. I made an angel investment as well. Congratulations to the Vanta team. Well done. My, there was big news this week. The, uh, the enforcement era of crypto is, uh, we're deep in it. People have lost a bunch of money. And, and this one to me, uh, I had wondered if this one would happen. I'm on the fence about this one. I, I, I don't know exactly how I think about this one. So can you tell us about what happened with the SEC and Board Apes? Yes. Yeah. Go for it, guys. Not a shot. Yeah, so I, I believe in, and we, we should probably just maybe get into the definitions, but like, well, the article that came out exactly this one is that they've started some type of investigation, which we don't know any of the details around, but like mm-hmm. really, you know, what 
maybe a good discussion and uh, I've actually pushed back to Jake and Molly because you guys spent a lot more time on this is like, what is the definition of a security? And then, because that's what this all comes back to. And mm-hmm. I sent something in the chat, maybe we can pull it up. And maybe if we start there, I think it really will help frame the discussion. So sure, let's, because a lot of times it gets lost because people throw it around, but people fully don't really always understand what a security is. So Nick, I, I pulled that up. Um, if you want to pull it mm-hmm. up as a screenshot or whatever, like, so what is a security? And, um, and you know, when we kind of look at it from this perspective, right? Okay, it's fungible. It's a tradable financial instrument. It's used to raise capital, right? Um, you know, there's equities, there's debt, um, there's payments, right? And, and so we have to really start asking ourselves, like, what aspect of what they've done falls into this? And so maybe let's, let's use that uh, to frame our discussion. Great. Yeah. I mean, equities uh, in the United States, we know are regulated by the SEC. Um, and they provide ownership in an entity, common interest in uh, a company. And uh, there's a series of laws around it. Right. And these are driven by the Securities Act of 1933. And, and you this have happened. Sort of- yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying a lot of this dates back to the Great Depression, when people lost a lot of money, and they mm-hmm. wanted to protect consumers. That's where accreditation comes from, private. And of course, there's the Howey test. Uh, I think and that's important debated. to point out, right? It's like, um, you have two things happening. One, you have the definition of a security, a fungible negotiable. I mean, a, an NFT can't be a security, then it's literally in the name, non fungible. Anyway, yeah. security refers to a fungible negotiable financial financial instrument that ho- holds some type of monetary value. A security can represent ownership in a corporation in the form of stock, a creditor relationship with a government body, or a corporation represented by owning that entity's bond or rights mm-hmm. to ownership as represented by an option. But right. then, now, yeah. so by that, I see what you're saying, Sonny, right? By that definition, an NFT would not seem to qualify as a security. But layered on top of that is the Howey test. Right. That's where they actually put all this to work because people mm-hmm. did need clarity on that. And an investment contract exists if there is an investment of money in a common enterprise with a reasonable expectation of profits to be derived from the efforts of others, which really does sound like NFTs and the Board Apes project. So well, let's dive into some of the things. Okay. First of all, like, you know, Board Apes, um, you know, Google Labs, they've got five of, the, of something like the top eight NFT collections, which is, and they account for like more than 25% of the entire NFT market cap. Okay. So over $5 billion in sales. They've mm-hmm. raised over $450 million in VC money. And I'm, I'm getting some of this data from the Milk Road. This is, is, this a, is directionally correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is the Milk Road um, newsletter, which I subscribe to. It's very good. Um, and then, you know, they've got big celebrity holders, Snoop Dogg, Justin Bieber, Neymar, et cetera. So, I guess the, the real the real issue here is, and this is the problem with crypto. Crypto has an issue where there's a lack of transparency on who the counterparties are to a trade, okay? So this is the big issue with all of crypto. When you're buying something, who's on the other side? Are they pumping and dumping it? Like in the SEC, and if you look at uh, the way, you know, NASDAQ, the stock markets track, like... They know who's on the back end, who the counterparties to every trade is. If you're if you're using a social profile to yes. pump the price, and on the other side selling stuff, then they know it. They knew you've done it, and you can go to jail, or you can find, or whatever the, the case is. In crypto, it's very different. 
in crypto. Mm. Anyone can go, this crypto is going to the moon, use the influence. Kim Kardashian got fined 1.2 million bucks just because she was promoting. Like anyone can promote something. Now, the people, this is like the penny stock days. The people who pay Kim or the people who pay all these celebrity influencers, they pay them so they can drive demand for these coins so that the prices go up. When the prices go up, they dump their coins in the back end and no one knows. Hmm. And this is the problem with, with crypto is that no one knows who's dumping when the pumps happen. Right. So that is what happens when you have a security. When you have something that's freely tradable, market manipulation can happen. So what's really happening here is Bloomberg is reporting that the SEC uh, is investigating or asking for information um, on what is going on over at Yuga Labs. Now, I believe they also bought CryptoPunks. They, they pulled together a bunch of these NFT assets. Um, now, I have been through this myself one or two times with the SEC. They will ask you for information about a private company you've invested in or a public company. They just ask for a document up. So in one case, there was a private company that went out of business. I got an SEC thing that said, can you give us all the information on your investment in this company? I, you know, hire lawyers who cost $2,000 an hour. And they're like, I'm like, well, what? what's going on? They're like, yeah, what is going on? And I'm like, why am I? And they're like, like, <laughs> well, are they going to depose me? Or like, am I in trouble? Or is this founder in trouble? And they're like, yeah, good questions. I'm like, well, when do we find out? He's like, good question. I'm like, how does the SEC work? Good question. They just they get they request information, they look into stuff, they never tell you yeah. if you're good, you're bad, or why they're doing it. So I would just caution people that this doesn't mean that there's an action coming necessarily they could be getting information but mm -hmm. and uh this is an important quote yuga hasn't been accused of wrongdoing and the opening of an sec probe doesn't mean the agency will sue the firm that's just i guess bloomberg saying that but i do want to point out one thing to your point and this is to me the duck test it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck maybe it's a duck when you uh, put something on an OpenSea page like this one, pull up the whole page, and when you look at an OpenSea page for, uh, you know, an NFT, you start to see the life of this over time. And the life over time, based on price and the trading activity, if we were to pull up that page on OpenSea, you know, this looks and is designed like a stock. It is, this looks more like a stock than an eBay page, right? And so because of, the uh, ease at which these are traded to Vinny's point the market manipulation that has occurred and these marketplaces that are trading them smells like a duck quacks like a duck and you you need only look yeah. at masterworks as a comparison if it's art masterworks.com which is a sponsor of this show and I, i've bought art on there they do each of their art offerings as a security as like a basic mini ipo and they follow the rules so if this is similar to art, which is how some people look at it, it should follow the rules, I believe. So, so let, me, let me just like caveat something and make sure this is clear. Like, yeah. I think out of all the NFT projects and companies, you guys probably one of the, the better ones, right? They're probably like the... Better how? No, like it's a real company. They've got real investors. They're probably, they're not, you know, I don't know for certain, but they're probably not running any scams in the background, etc. So like, I have no information you know, to the contrary. They would not be a good, they shouldn't be a good candidate for the SEC probe if you want to prove out some case law. Because here's the problem, in, you know, from my perspective. The SEC takes them on, they might actually lose this case. 
and it might be deemed they not to be the secure. Case, to be clear, well, well, the probe. So, so the probe may go on. It may, it may, they may not go with the case, or they may not like succeed. And then the precedent's been set, and then all the scammy projects are going to basically fall under that bucket, right? So that's one outcome. The other one, if you went after one that was clearly fraudulent and you win that, you can build a case on top of that, on top of that, on top of that. So they've, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting that they decided to go for the big guys first, who are definitely more legitimate than most of the other players in the market. Well, because I don't it's, know it's that- a high stakes gamble. I mean, if, if the SC doesn't, if they, if they push forward, I mean, if they push forward, so maybe they just walk away from the probe and they go, you know, it's art or whatever. If mm-hmm. they go forward and they lose, I think they're going to be in a tough spot. All right, everybody, I am here with Obi Akpuda. He is a program manager over at Microsoft for startups. You've heard me talk about the ridiculous Founders Hub benefits before. So, Obi, you also are giving people Microsoft Outlook, Teams, and of course, GitHub Enterprise. People may not know Microsoft uh, owns GitHub. 1000%. Like you mentioned, we have, you know, a plethora, a smorgasbord, if you will, of first party offerings in terms of what we can provide to the founders. And again, we're just trying to go from anywhere from the back office type of thing in terms of from MS office and from a DevOps perspective, we want to be able to get you squared away with GitHub and so many other resources as well from productivity and onwards. All right. Thanks so much, Obi. Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub has no fundraising requirements as we discussed. It's open to anybody. It takes only five minutes to apply and startups get six figures in benefits right away. Sign up for Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub today at aka.ms slash this week in startups. My guy Obi's going to take care of you. They don't seem to be investigating whether there's fraud. Mm-hmm. Right. They just seem to be investigating uh, which definition of a duck we should use. Yeah. Whether well, it's the original, yeah. what is a security yep. definition of a duck or the Howey test version. I also just want to know what is the, is, do we know what they're investigating where they just ask for information? They're probing. I don't know that we know, we don't if, know they're exactly. yeah. or if they're front running or if it's celebrity endorsements. Well, one thing, uh, Nick, you know, you pulled up the OpenSea page for an ape. Yeah. Nick, I sent you a link for a StockX page for a sneaker. Right. And you, you can, you know, can quickly pull that up if you want. But, and, you know, Molly, we were just talking about this before mm-hmm. we started. Mm-hmm. This is almost the same thing. Now, is this a secure, is this a duck? Right. And so, because it's writing the same way, you can look at the past sales, the current, you know, and so it's really, that's what I'm saying. I think there's a lot more clarification required because it has all the same kind of charts, right? You can look at the price over time. You can look at the trades. You can look at all those type of things. And so well, this is okay. This is where, though, I really do want to read the Howie test. Um, okay definitions because we have not gotten there yet so we have one definition of a duck what is the security then we have the howie test which i think will help us differentiate a little bit from sneakers for example um so one you do you have an investment of money that can be sneakers or apes two in a common enterprise so assuming you're not also putting your money in nike then you don't necessarily apply to sneakers with the expectation of profit to be derived from the efforts of others yeah I don't think it, I don't think this actually applies to be honest. I it mean, doesn't apply to the sneakers, no. The sneakers well, also think, provide real I world value. I is saying he doesn't think it applies to the apes either. Yeah, I don't think it applies to the apes. I'll tell oh, you why. Completely because, implies, no, no, no. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. When I, when I if I buy a board ape and I haven't bought one, if I bought a board ape, I'd be investing money, sure. But okay. I'm not buying the enterprise. I want the ape. I like the picture. It's very interesting. And okay. do, I, do I care about the profit? Well. Maybe long term you sell it, but you buy a piece of art, you buy something else. You you know, hopefully it's worth something in the future. But if you, I mean, I have digital photo frames in my house. If I want to put a board ape in my house, I don't really care about 
what it's worth tomorrow or not. I, there's utility for me showing a NFT aboard Ape in the house. And to be derived from efforts of others, I don't think it applies either. Like, I think what is, this is my point. What is interesting mm-hmm. about board apes is that they're iconic. There's enough like visuals, information. I've been to some of the parties. I'm not an ape owner, but if I had to buy one, I believe I'd buy one because it's an iconic piece of art that I yes. can display so in my home or place. If the art, I'll tell you where they, they might wind up getting tripped up here. In a common enterprise and to be derived from the efforts of other. It, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but when you own one of these apes, they will give you the serum, you get other drops, you get other benefits from it, right? So that is the common enterprise of the ape ecosystem, well, which they promote all that. If I care about that, I don't know. No, but it exists. It doesn't matter. Hmm. Your opinion doesn't matter. It's just if it exists. So it exists that there's a common enterprise here. Does it matter if you care about it? That's not the test. And is that coming from others? It is. So that's where they have specifically, uh, and I'm only talking about the board apes. I don't know if that equivalency of serums and drops and all this stuff exists in other nfts i know it doesn't they exist do, in all they of do. them no they do they, they do but they not have all. The there's NFTs. also the coin no. right there's yeah. also ape coin but at, at that point at that point there's utility right there's, there's a utility thing and only, only a, the question really is jason like if you own here's an example uh, the, the, you know there's a wine farm in napa where you can buy a piece of the land co-op own the land and every year you pay a small fee and you can buy you know, production that comes off the land, but you can only buy that production if you own a piece of that land. And it's probably got like 200 owners or something like that. It's, how is this any different? Is that limited to accredited investors? I don't think so. Anyone can go buy a piece of land. Yeah. So it depends on if it's like, uh, a cr- they might be only offering that uh, to accredited investors. But I well, think in this the story, that, they're... that gets to expectation of profit. If they're just buying yeah. that land, so they get like a piece of the wine. Yeah. yeah. It might be a little different. Sonny, you were going to jump. Sonny, what do you think about this, the addition of the ape coin part of this as a slightly complicated document? Yeah, so that's a little bit more of like, you know, all these things we're looking at starts to make it look a little bit more challenging. Now, sort of the entire common enterprise of ape coin hasn't been fully disclosed yet, so we don't understand what it's, and it's all early, right? And so Mm. I think that's the one that could be a little bit more, um, you know, I guess gray area than the, you know, sort of the board ape NFTs. Um, especially because that looks more like a currency than a NFT does, right? And so, uh, but Vinny, like, you know, what, what's your thought there? We, none of us know. We're all surmising here, right? Yeah. So, we all, <laughs> like, I use an example, right. like, Sunny, we had, we had a bottle of uh, uh, Chateau Latour like a few weeks ago. I went to go yeah. buy like three or four bottles of that stuff, okay? It's expensive. I, you know, and I'm, I'm storing it and I'm keeping it for maybe I sell it because it goes up in value. Maybe I drink it. You know, this like is is not is the wine now is that now a security? If you were selling a fractional ownership of it to people and it was a common enterprise in that bottle of wine, yes. But I'm if not fractionalizing my, my board ape if I buy yeah. one. Uh, so if I buy a board ape, I'm not fractionalizing it. Mm. Yeah. I mean I, I it does seem like in in the story there's they seem to be implying in the story or they explicit that the coin is the sec is also examining the distribution of ape coin also yeah also that's, is a, that, that's, a, that's a different that's a different play altogether so let, let's just separate yeah. the two the coin is not an nft it's a token right mm-hmm. yeah. the, the, the the board ape mm-hmm. itself is an nft mm-hmm. this is my point if you're going to pick someone to go after and do a, and take a probe to a case this is probably not the one you want to go after because the board ape is so iconic it's part of pop culture. It's in the front cover of magazines. Justin oh, yeah. Bieber owns one. Isn't that why you, be, like, you you find Kim Kardashian though? I mean, they're trying to they're trying to send warning shots. It seems but, but like she, she got fined for something else. She got fined for promoting um, what was it? Yeah. Um, 
I'm just but saying, no, but, if you're the no, SEC the, and you're like, different. I'm trying to issue some warnings to this entire industry about multiple aspects. But this is different. Of course, you this start the, with the this, biggest names. The, no, this is different. Remember, the, 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 the stature of Bored Apes, I think. I understand what you're saying. Ma- you're saying it, be- it makes it like a Warhol. So that that would argue more towards people are buying it for the artistic value. Exactly. And the intrinsic Ex- joy exactly. of owning the tiny little image. Now, I get what now, you're saying. Now, now, I maybe, get what you're saying. Maybe, and I would say that the SEC's yeah. question is how many people bought it with the expectation of profit versus for the appreciation of the art? Bingo. We don't know. We don't know. And you can't go back in time two years and ask people, like, why did you buy it? Like, I thought it was cool. I mean, they, you know, they kind of like people will buy 10, 20 of these things and like, wow, this is great. Just because someone buys it for profit. Like, so it's, it's by the same token, when I'm on the wine websites and Reddit wine, whatever, you know, Cabernet yeah. wine, uh, Reddit. Oh, you should buy this bottle of you know Ch- Chateau Latour 2001 because it's going to go up in value this much, and they're going to be three times the price in five years. But I buy it because I want to drink it. Is that a security? There was an easy solution for them to actually make this um, have a better argument. It's not a security because it does trade because it's a common enterprise because people buy with the expectation of value. They could have solved this whole problem. They should have made a print with a number on it, one of, you know, 10,000, and made a like a formal print of each board ape. And when you buy it, the NFT represents your interest in that piece of physical art in the world, then this would have literally changed the entire dynamic of it, because it would have been a when you buy the NFT, you get that piece of art, and they could have just said, we're storing these 10,000 paintings or prints in this locker library for you, or you can pull them down yourself if you want to. Um, that would have That's actually smart. probably changed the dynamic here. That's what this guy, Damien Hurst, should do. There was a story this week about this artist, Damien Hurst, who burned a thousand of his paintings and then is going to burn like a couple hundred more because it's part of this NFT project called The Currency, where it's clearly quite specifically art. And that is a great idea to like label them just to be like, this is only this only exists for art. I think that's going to be a heck of it. And if that's going to be a heck of a one for the SEC, they're like, here's I mean, the ashes. <laughs> you bought there those. Are lots of questions. Well, <laughs> look, I think that's that's all what we're sorting out right now. Right. Like the, uh, uh, we're all sorting out at what point were these projects meant to be art versus investments? Did the investment side just get away from people because nobody thought they would go up in value like they did? Were they always securities disguised as art? We don't know. Right. But like we're literally in that kind of growing pains phase of this entire economy right now where and again this is bloomberg reporting based on an anonymous source that the sec is looking into some stuff like i we don't know but i do know that it seems like we're at the point in this economy where people are starting to just send up flares Hmm. so let's ask the other question so why is it an issue if it is a security because of the rules around trading securities Okay, and so these these rules exist for what reason? Um, to avoid okay, well, money laundering and all. down. That's a whole other show. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> to no, avoid, no, no, no. To avoid fraud and consumer harm, it's a consumer protection law. Also, money laundering. So, if people can pop up NFTs and use them essentially as currency, um, then you could have all of the uh, front running, dumping, pump and dumping, all of those things that can happen in a security. Uh, you could have fraud. All of those things that occur require some protections they require insurance they require an accounting firm an audit that's why going public is a pain in the neck and it requires continued audits and that's why the sec exists it's it's literally its mandate is to protect 
consumers from harm. It's consumer so, so, harm. So the real issue here, fundamentally, Jason, is this lack of identity in crypto. That would solve a lot of it. If you knew who was buying it and you limited it to accredited investors, you had it tied to a bank account, you could at least say, hey, only accredited investors can participate in this. You know, and so this uh, exists already. Like Civics built this. We've got on-chain yeah, identity. Sure. We're working with a number of companies to do this. Here's the issue. In in the industry we're seeing is there isn't enough demand for this because there is there are no regulations in place yes. that say you have to it's run coming. on-chain identity. So it's really, really good for digital identity providers and blockchain identity providers if the SEC says, look, we're not going to take away the ability to trade these NFTs and buy these. But there needs to be a it needs to be a trace of who bought what, and there needs to be some record of it from the issuer. So if you buy it from uh, you know Yuga, you have to be identified, and then there's an on-chain identity. Uh, you know you can use Civic or anyone who supports the DID standard, which we we help write. Like this is the, this yeah. is something which, which exists today, but there it is creates no friction. We have to go after people who are voluntarily willing to adopt the standard right now because there are no regulations in place. So like, why don't the regulators come to the f- front and say, look? At the minimum, let's just add identity in everywhere. So we have the same playing field as we have in other regulated entities and everyone knows who's doing what and there's no money laundering happening and there is, we can detect who it is. Let's just start there before we start going on to figuring out whether or not it was a security or not. Well, one of the regulations they could potentially contemplate is not to say it's a security, but I was looking up your question about like, why isn't wine a security? If you invest in wine through, you know, some professional brokerage, or similar, it is unregulated, but it is it can be considered in this alternative investment bucket. You could imagine a scenario in which NFTs, the art, as issued by an entity that obviously is dependent on the price of that art and the associated utility coins, starts to fall into that alternative investment bucket and is regulated Absolutely. in that way. And we're probably moving towards some version of that. We're just like pretty early. Sonny, you haven't said anything in a while. What are you thinking? No, you know what, uh, honestly, like, um, what would be really awesome, I think, for all the listeners and just for ourselves is from our network, let's find like a, you know, a securities lawyer that's looking into crypto and maybe just have them on as a, as a guest or something like that. I think it'd be really helpful for everyone because yeah. it's just so gray. You know, we're obviously looking at Investopedia and Wikipedia and trying to figure this stuff out. I It'd just be really gray. helpful. I don't yeah. think it's gray. I think I it's think super gray. I, I, I think it's super I, you know, gray. All of yeah. the, I'll tell you, the tokens... You know, they should have all been. I don't think that's going to wind up being gray. Um, and then I, when they're a common enterprise, all those tokens, I think, yeah. are going to get regulated. And, I, you know, with But even wine, Gary Gensler doesn't make it easy, Jake. He very oh, what, clearly they, says yes. that Bitcoin is not a, Bitcoin is not a it's security. It's not a common enterprise because it doesn't have like a central authority in it. But yeah. I agree that they could have done a better job of being more upfront about this. I think their position has always been, here's the rule set. You guys didn't follow it. Now you pay the price. But when you do buy into, there's a bunch of investment platforms for alternative assets. Uh, We're an investment in one called Vincent. And uh, yeah, they only take accredited and qualified purchases for this reason, because they want sophisticated investors who understand the risk that's occurring when you're buying wine as an investment. I do think this Damien uh, Hearst thing is pretty interesting. I just sent the um, Instagram. To be totally honest, I think he's doing like an art project to kind of poke the tiger here this is what he says tomorrow i will be burning my 1000 the currency artworks and calls them literally the currency which i kept as nfts a lot of people think i'm burning millions of dollars of art but i'm not i'm completely i'm completing the transformation of these physical artworks into nfts by burning the physical versions the value of digital 
of art, digital or physical, which is hard to define at the best of times, will not be lost. This is a long run on sentence. Will not be lost. It will be transferred to the NFT as soon as they are burnt. And I will be live streaming the full burn here on Instagram. Tune in tomorrow. So, I mean, he's kind of poking the tiger here with this concept, but I think he's also just a giant grift. Um, this is just performance art. This is the pure art. This is $2 million from a laser. Yeah. from just It's a, performance art, right? Like, kind of. I mean, yeah. we should end. We have to wrap soon, but we should end on this, this kind of happier note, which is like NFT is clearly whatever they end up being alternative assets, alternative investment assets, maybe securities, maybe art or some combination of all three. Oh, yeah, all of them, yeah. They're here. Katie Hahn, the founder of Hahn Ventures, uh, still believes, this is the other story that you guys had in the docket today, that NFTs are the future. She says, just like Damien, we are going to live increasingly in a digital, digital. world. And I happen to think that if you live in a digital world, you're going to want to own digital goods in that world. You won't be satisfied simply renting them, which is what we do now. We buy our content from walled gardens. Without digital scarcity which is what NFTs unlock, you don't really own anything. You're subject to the whims of a platform. And I think NFTs and digitally scarce goods fundamentally change that. I think she took that all from our last episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Just transcribed it. Yeah. You're welcome, Katie. No, I think, no that, that's exactly it, right? You know, we talked about iTunes and when you have a movie there and if you decide to switch to another platform, well, what happens to all your stuff? You can't move it. What, did you just rent it from Apple? That wasn't very clear. So I think, yeah, she's, she's spot on. She's spot on there. I mean, we yeah, all wanted that. NFTs to be fair, we almost things. had that. Yeah. Remember, like we, when yeah. we had our digital downloads and they would all be trapped on like an iPod. Yeah. And, and then we tried to figure out. And, and then the market I, was like, it'll be more convenient. And we were like, it is more convenient. So then what I, happens? I had friends who specifically were in, you know, the movie industry and they would buy Blu-rays or laser discs previously and collect them. Specifically because they knew that these things would switch every, you know, 10 years, five to 10 years. And they just wanted to own those physical copies and never have to rebuy them. And that's what everybody has to do now. You have to rebuy them. And then you rebuy them and they've changed them. Mm -hmm. So I have friends who just collect Blu-rays, uh, like even used ones because they're perfect copies. But you can't even make a copy of those. And I remember covering this as a journalist, Molly. You probably did too. Mm -hmm. you, you were allowed to make a backup of your Blu-rays. But they were allowed to put protection on it. So you had to buy copyright protection software to rip those mm -hmm. off of the Blu-rays onto your media server. And that is technically allowed. But the movie industry took some sort of position at some one point that you're breaking copyright. So you're allowed to make a copy of your stuff, but you're not allowed to break the copyright. And it's like, yeah. or the copyright protection scheme. Yeah. It's like, which is it? I it mean, make insane. it easy for us. Remember yeah. when Sony literally put root kits on people's computers when you ripped a CD? <laughs> literally. Yeah. root kits i yeah. mean it was bananas so i mean i guess the the only thing that's going to make us all feel i think okay about digital ownership is complete decentralization so the question is will we get that with <laughs> nfts i know i see you i see you acting like this is a victory sunny but <laughs> well, are we going to get that with nfts are we really going to get complete decentralization like, maybe no. just like one more quick small segue but there was another big news yesterday that google announced um at their cloud next which is their conference related to google cloud which is in partnership with coinbase they are going to start accepting crypto payments and so this is pretty huge from a perspective of um you know if you are building something in and around uh, and on the cloud they're going to make mm. that quite easy for you to accept crypto payments. And so this kind of pushes on the other side, right? You know, obviously, you know, Google, huge company, giant legal 
um, you know, probably, uh, department there. And so I found, I found this really, really awesome for the ecosystem and to kind of drive innovation. Cause the more of that happens, I think it also drives the utility of what, what we see. So I, I thought that was really, you know, really Can you great. Think of an example of what a developer would do in this regard. Like maybe, a you know, if you were drop, if you put Dropbox into Google cloud yep. and you accepted coins, then or if you had like a general S3 layer, storage layer, or a podcast platform, like how would this all work? Like so I think there's, like, there's a couple of different ways this manifests. One, let's just say I'm building a crypto-related service. Uh, and that service is, a you know, people are interacting with that service purely with crypto, no fiat. I can now pay GCP with crypto. Okay. Right? So that's, you know, so I don't have to kind of convert to fiat and do all that. I can just pay them with that crypto, which, you know, I think is pretty powerful um, from, from the growth of their platform perspective. Hmm. Um, so that's like at the infrastructure layer, right? I think then, you know, take that app example, right? If I'm living in an ecosystem and that ecosystem is powered by, um, you know, like, a, and, you know, we see this in different places, like look at a, um, an airline reward system, right? That's an entire economy that has value yes. and everything associated with it. And so now that's not a closed system anymore when you move it to blockchain, right? It's composable. People can build on it. It's permissionless, right? Again, we talked about this last time. So I think enabling all of that to then interact with sort of the rest of the world via kind of GCP is really powerful as well. Now, today, all you can really do with your Delta miles, just using that example, is buy Delta uh, tickets or, you know, sometimes you can trade them in for like headphones and things like that. Imagine in this, you know, kind of world that we're heading towards, those um, and, and it, you know, it's kind of ties back to our first conversation. Why aren't Delta miles, a, you know, a security or a, a currency, right? And so, um, I think all of that just starts coming together. And I think these things help push the boundary of getting clarification around everything we're saying. Yeah, they are yeah. very careful with airline miles to make sure they don't trigger securities. And part of it is you don't actually ever own them. So you get them, but they can be taken away at any time. They can, you can change the rules on them. If you die, you cannot give them to your kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no inheritance of airline miles, but you can trade them, right? So yeah. they're really, I, re I remember going through this back in the day because on Mahalo, I had an, back in the day I had Mahalo answers and we did Mahalo dollars. And if people answered a question and they got like 10 votes up, they would get a, do a Mahalo dollar and then you could trade it in for, you know, like a swag. It was actually pretty amazing. But then of course we had people, uh, we put a gift card up there. And we said, if you know, you could trade a hundred Mahalo dollars for a $10 gift card, 10 to one. And then that just the economy went bonkers. And we got all these um, groups that would ask a question, answer their own question and vote it up. <laughs> and so we literally had groups of people. And when they went to cash out, we found that it was the same one person had done this for like 10 hours a day. They had created multiple accounts, and they were taking questions, answering them from Yahoo answers. And we killed their account and they went crazy <laughs> it's funny though yeah. like when i think about to bring this all the way full circle this is kind of the conversations we're having now are the conversations you know i pulled up the column i wrote in 2005 about sony putting rootkits on our computers to prevent cd ripping and you know we're talking about gaming search engines or we're talking about deciding which how this product is ultimately going to shake out and be uh consumed by individuals but really i think what we're coming down to is like Clearly, this is all <laughs> this is all Web3 in action. It's all an evolving ecosystem. Fun fact, I was uh, nominated for a digital magazine, a national magazine award for this huh? piece alongside Ooh. Matt Taibbi 
in 2005 and I've never been more proud in my life. And I was at the award ceremony and he was so rude to me. (sighs) Oh, sorry. You wrote it with Matt Taibbi? No, he and I were nominated for the same award. I was nominated for this piece for this big wedding award. No, this um, really legendary old man one whose name i can't remember but it was everybody was like this is his last like chance and so no i think he he died shortly after anyway um what i'm saying is this is clearly the new internet right we're just figuring it's the exact same thing as when jason and i were covering the early days of the web like we're figuring out what the use cases are going to be what the regulations are going to be what the rules are going to be what the adoption is going to look like which is why this roundtable is so great so great thanks guys (laughs) so good what what, awesome. uh, what what coin should I buy? What what coin's gonna rip? What should we pump and dump no, before the seven hundred buy it right now? We before we no, edit this we don't episode, do, we don't what do should that. I pump and dump? Do it. I don't do it. I'll do some market out, market outlook here. I actually think that the best risk adjusted play in the market right now is Bitcoin. Um, hmm. You know, I'll tell you why. Like with all the sort of in the crypto cap- market or the entire market. Well, no, globally, it's probably the most the, the of most, all assets. Huh. Yeah, I'll tell you why. So I think the Fed meeting is coming up now uh, in on first second November. We're going to see a uh, you know the market's pricing eighty percent chance of seventy five bips. It's probably going to be fifty bips, I think. But let's assume it's eighty it's seventy five, which is what the market's predicting. You're going to see massive capital outflows in the rest of the world because they have to service U.S. dollar debt at higher prices. You're going to see foreign currencies collapsing, like we saw with England on the last rate hike. The contagion is going to spread to more countries. What you're also going to see is people are living in these other countries. They don't always uh-huh. price Bitcoin in dollars. You know, so if you live in South Africa, you look at Bitcoin in rands. If you look in, in, in the UK, you look at Bitcoin in pounds. The, as long as the Bitcoin price is staying stable in dollars, which it has been, you're going to see the price rise in those cur- currencies. And if people are now fleeing their local fiat currencies, they're going to move into Bitcoin or dollars. And even if they're moving at a ratio of 90% dollars and 10% Bitcoin, it's enough fl- fun flows for Bitcoin to rip substantially mm. higher. And I think Bitcoin has, you look at the on-chain metrics, you look at where Bitcoin is today, there isn't enough Bitcoin out there. I mean, we, we, have, we have like diminishing supplies of Bitcoin on-chain and a lot of it's going to people, are, you know, they're using it as, as like, you know, like a, a hedge against, against uh, fiat system collapse. So I really think Bitcoin is the single hmm. best play right now. You agree, Sonny? Yeah, I, I'm not like a finance guy in that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. economics guy. So I, I don't want to. So you're not adding to that. your Bitcoin position. What's really interesting is yeah. I remember five years ago at Thanksgiving, a bunch of family members had this Bitcoin. And remember, it rocketed up over Thanksgiving to like, you know, whatever it was, $20,000. And I had given the keynote in Santa Monica at this like thing. And I said, listen, I know some of you like this is the most life changing wealth you ever have. You have 99.59s in this. Just please sell half and ke- let the other half roll fascinatingly if you had held for five years you are exactly even <laughs> it literally was trading at 1920 and here we are five years That's later bananas and that is bananas it, pull up the five-year chart on google if you just you can do it real quick Nick, it's just so insane bitcoin to price that five year whatever yeah, almost yeah. So, so, so it doesn't like to me like the current price being at where it was five years ago yeah. it just just tells me that it's undervalued like i, I just don't see how bitcoin in five years as and make that bigger like, and then hit five years yeah yeah there's that like if you go back to that like yeah december yeah, yeah. 15th mm-hmm. nineteen thousand. i remember this thanksgiving christmas and everybody was losing their minds and i was like man you know we bought this for a hundred bucks we need to sell in. half our position uh and there it is folks boom 
you just can take out all the lows for four, three years of lows and two years of highs. It's exactly the same. It's a stable coin. Jason, if you look back, if you look back at the past two years, uh, go back to the yeah. chart for a second. Right. Like that price movement was a dollar based price movement with a, a lot yeah. of printing of money, right? Yeah. So the price went up. What you may see in the next run is the price move up because other countries are printing money. Yes. So, so what happens is and scarcity. The, you know, the the US printed a lot, a lot more money than anyone else in the past couple of years. We printed trillions and trillions of dollars. All these other countries right now are struggling because they have they have budget deficits. They have to pay for energy. Mm. They have to pay for a lot of you know balance of payments issues that they've got. They're going to print money in mass, and Bitcoin is not only a, it's it's not a singularly traded asset it's not just in the us it's traded globally so if the price of bitcoin against the rand starts falling and the rand it becomes more expensive in rands people are and they're printing more money in that country the inflation goes up people are going to be buying bitcoin just needs to be flat in us dollars for it to run up amazing this is not investment advice <laughs> Not advice. Sunny Madra, co-founder of nice. Definitive Intelligence, Vinny Lingham, co-founder of Civic and Weight Room. Guys, this is the best. This is increasingly becoming my favorite part of every month. All right. Awesome. Thanks, 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 Thanks for having us. Enjoy your video guys. card, Vinny. Enjoy that video card. I will. I will. Thanks for having us again.